give Pastor Chris Ensley a warm welcome this morning. What is up, Verve Riverside? How you guys doing this morning? Okay, now we just sang that song, but how many of you really want God to move some mountains in your life today? All right, so this is what I want to do. I just want us one more time, God, right now with hands raised, God, you know the mountains that are in our lives. You know the very things, the barriers that we have been facing all week, all month, all year. And God, today we are grateful to be in your presence because we know in your presence those mountains are going to turn to pebbles. They're going to be rubbles that we're going to walk over today when we leave here. We're leaving different than what we were when we came in today. And we thank you for being a mountain moving God in Jesus name and everyone said amen now look at the person beside you and say let it go let it go turn to the person you're trying to ignore and tell them let it go let it go you may be seated thank you worship team tremendous job tremendous job I am Chris the newest member to the Verve community I'm solo today, my wife is back in Seattle, so for those of you who don't know, we're actually transitioning. So we are doing things there, doing things here, going in between with the kid graduating high school, like there's a lot of moving pieces right now. But you're gonna see us a lot on the weekends, mostly at Rancho, but just being a part of this community. And I just wanna say thank you to all of you because two weeks ago when we made the announcement, so many of you have reached out, whether it be an Instagram message, a text, a Facebook post, whatever it is, and you have just wrapped your arms around our family. So thank you so much for making us feel welcome for all of the things that you're doing. And this truly is, and I've been around this for a while, so although I may be new to Riverside and new to you, I've been connecting with uh, Verve and pre-Verve uh, with Pastor Donnie, Pastor Sonia for over a decade now. Our friendship is going strong. So to be a part of this family and to be a part of this community that really is about every day, every dream, every dollar until every person experiences an abundant and eternal life, it's an honor and a privilege for us to partner with you to see what God is going to do in this next series, in this next chapter, in this next phase of Verve. So can we just one more time just thank God in advance for what he has in store. And thank you, Merla, for all that you do, the entire team, for just making this the amazing place that it is. So I want to start today, and I want to start by asking you a question. It's going to be no test at the end, so go ahead, exhale, relax. It's all good, all right? My first question is this. What good thing is God wanting to do in your life? I really want you to think about that. Like, what good thing is God wanting to do in your life? What is that thing that keeps you up at night, that thing that the first thought you have in the morning, it's centered around this one thing? What is that thing, like if there were no restrictions and if you could be the person you aspire to be, you would step into this thing without question, without hesitation, right now? What is that thing? Do you have it? The thing that makes you a little nervous, makes your palms sweat, makes your, your body just feel a little weird. You kind of feel that anxiety. You feel the shortness of breath. Like, what is that thing that's so big that you know that God put it there and you can't stop thinking about it? What's that thing? 
Now my next question is this, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? What's the mountain that's preventing you from experiencing that thing that you feel in your heart that God has placed there? What is the barrier? What's that thing that's just making it really difficult to experience life at the level that God is wanting us to experience life with, for? What is it? What is it? And you see, the asking ourselves this question, it's so important because a lot of times the things that we're holding on to these mountains, these barriers, these ideas, or whatever they are, these things that we're holding on to are the very things that are holding us back. And so it's God who says, I've got these things that I, I have in store for you, these plans, this purpose. I've got this, this life, this relationship, this career. Like I've got something I want to do for you, but you're holding on to some things, and those things you're holding on to are actually the things that are holding you back. So what are you holding on to? Now, this isn't a, a new question. We actually see this question kind of posed early on in Scripture in the book of Exodus. In Exodus 1 and 2, we find this baby who was placed in a basket to preserve his life, and he grows up with all of the finest education and everything, and then as he reaches adulthood, he realizes why his life was preserved, because God had this unbelievable plan of how he wanted to use Moses this basket case baby for extraordinary things for his plan, his purpose, his glory. He's like, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to do something through you. So the first two chapters just tell us about some of these things that he did and how God used him, and we celebrate those things. And then we find Moses in this place, and he's just being Mo, right? He's just going about his daily duties. It's the daily grind, and, and he's just involving himself what he does every other day just being him, it's the hustle. He woke up, got his Starbucks, and now he, he's, he's on the job, he's, he's working, and while he's working, he notices off to the distance that there's this bush that catches fire. And he's curious, like I think we all would be, and so he approaches this bush that's on fire. And he's standing there in front of this bush just wondering like, now what caused this bush to catch on fire? And then out of, the out of the bush, this voice starts speaking to him. Now, I don't know about you, but that's when I exit stage right. Like, I'm not curious anymore. Like, I'm leaving, there's a talking, burning bush in front of me. But he positions himself and he stays, and then he does something else that's crazy, is he channels his inner hippie, and he takes off his shoes. And so now he's standing there in front of this talking bush with his shoes off, and he realizes that it's the voice of God that's speaking to him. And that it's God that's telling him this, this thing, this plan that he has for Moses. And that I'm going to use you to bring about deliverance for the nation of Israel. To take them out of the hand of their oppressor, the Egyptians. And I'm going to use you. And Moses hears this and he's like, man, I got my feet are off. Like I'm feeling really free right now. And, and God, like I'm willing. Like I'm here. I'm standing right here. Like I wouldn't be here if I wasn't willing but I've got my reservations. I've got a few questions because God, I don't know that you got the right guy. God, I don't know, like, do you know who I am? It's like, there's no way the nation, an entire nation of Israel is going to listen to me. God, there's no way that, that the Egyptians are going to listen. Pharaoh will never listen to me. God, like, I'm not the guy for the job. 
God, like, I can't, I don't speak well. Started to make all of these excuses, started to go ahead and, and discredit himself, started to devalue himself, started to question his ability. He's like, God, you don't understand, like, I'm an Enneagram five, like, I recharge best alone. It's like, I don't wanna do the whole people thing. God, I'm not a creative guy, like, my password is password, and I didn't even capitalize the P. It's like, God, God, you don't, you don't wanna use me. I don't even know the difference between, like, Ethereum and Bitcoin. It's like, I, I'm not in, I'm not playing the game. It's like, God, you got the wrong guy. Like, I'm not him. And he started to make all of these excuses as to why he wasn't the guy. And I think even if we were to stop right here, that we all can relate with this part of this story. And that we feel these grand, big things that God has in store for you and for me, and all of these things that, that we think about and that we feel anxious about, and all of these things that we want. Maybe it's a, a relationship that has a happily ever after, or, or it's a certain job, career, or whatever it is. Like We want these things, and we see this ministry, and we have these gifts, and God's saying, you're the one. And we're like, no, I'm not. And God's like, yes, I, yes, you are. And we're like, no, we're not. And we go back and forth, yes, I am, no, we're not, no, you're not. And then God waits till we say, no, we're not, or yes, we are. And then you know how you do with your kids. And then we finally say what he wants us to say. And he's like, that's what I wanted. And then he wins. And, and, and we feel that way. And we feel that anxiety and we feel that tension. And, and we start to discredit all of the things and reasons why, God, you can't, you can't. There's no way you want to use me. I have a failed marriage. I was locked up. I had this addiction. I've got some secret sin right now that nobody knows about. God, I got some baggage. Argue with my wife this morning. I was an idiot. I don't even talk to my kids. One time the offering plate went by, I put $10 in and I made change for myself and took $9.99 back out. Like, God, there's no way you want to use me. God, I've got some brokenness. I've got some pain. I've got some shame. There's things in my past that tell me I am a mistake, and then there's things in my past where I know I made a mistake. Are you sure you want to use me? And we discredit ourselves before we ever step into the fullness of what God has for our lives, much like Moses. And then he says this. He's like, God, if you're really the one that's speaking to me, and if you really want to use me, if, if you are really in all of this, then I need you to give me a sign because clearly this talking bush isn't good enough. I need you to give me a sign. And so God answers a response to his request by asking him a question. And we find it in Exodus 4, verse 2. And the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? Another question. How many of you think God was ignorant and didn't know what was in his hand? God's not asking the question because he lacks the information or the knowledge to know what's in his hand. God's asking him the question because he wants to point out a very important truth that sometimes what we see and what God see are completely different things. 
And you see, Moses looked in his hand and he saw a staff and that staff reminded him of his past. That staff reminded him of what he used to do and what he was doing up until this burning bush experience. This staff was just what I used to corral or beat stubborn or unruly sheep. Like this staff was just an instrument that kind of brought me to where I am, but everything that I think about it reminds me of my past and his inability to move past his past, to see beyond what that staff represented then impaired his ability to see what God was wanting to do with it going forward. Because he was so tied to his past, he couldn't get over his past, and his past wasn't past, it was his present. And all of these things that were there, now God's like, hey, what you see, what I see, they're totally different things, but, but yet you're not letting go, and you're holding on, and, and so I need to teach you some things. And you see, when we look at some of the things in our hands, we're reminded of the same exact thing. And we look at our hand and God's saying, hey, I want to use that or I want to use this. And we instantly go back to those triggers, those things that brought us the pain, those things that brought us the shame. And we create our list. And this is all of the reasons. God, we, I've read about you. I've heard you. I, I joined the worship team and what they sang about a God who is so loving and so just. But there's no way. Here's my list that you can love a person that has done, lived and experienced this. And we hold it, and we hold it, and we get white-knuckled because we're gripping it, and it's, we've held it for so long, now it's our identity. And God's saying, but there's so much more. You don't understand, it's like those things weren't meant to define you, like those moments in your life. Moses, you kinda got some things wrong. See, you're looking at this moment, and you're looking at this situation, and you're looking at your situation, and you're trying to measure it against your ability but I need you to do something for me. I need you to stop looking at what you can do and what you can't do, and I need you to measure where you are right now based on my ability. Because where you look at that staff and it reminds you of your past, when God looks at it, he doesn't see this, this thing that's a part of his past or some meaningless job or any of that. When God looks at it, he sees an instrument by which he's going to perform miracles. Boom, Red Sea, open. Boom, rock, water. But in order to experience it, we have to get past our past. You know that God didn't just die to save us from our past, but he died so that we could fully live in our present, so that we could fully live in the future that he has for us, so that we could truly not just say it at the end of a service or read it on a card or a wall, but so that we could truly experience an abundant, abundant and eternal life. Like what he did, that's why he did it, to set you and to set me free. And so he looks at Moses and he says, all right, Mo, like, this is what you gotta do, buddy. I want you to take that staff, I want you to take that rod, and I want you to throw it down. This is the second time, so if I did stay around the first time, I'm for sure leaving on this one. And then that rod, that staff, it turns into a snake, a serpent. I'm gone, I hate him. And he says, okay, now I want you to reach out your hand, I want you to grab by its tail, and I want you to pick it up again. No thank you, I'll leave that for the reptile man. It's like, I am not down with that. So he reaches down, he grabs it, and then it's a staff again. Here's the thing, Moses would have never experienced the power of God in that moment if he would have held on to the staff. The power that he experienced and the sign that he wanted, it came when he was willing to let something go. And so I'll ask you again, what is that thing that you're holding on to? 
You see, God, when we come to God, God's not saying, hey, in order to get to me, your list has to be flawless. Your, your list has to be pristine. Your life has to be spotless. God's saying, I'm not interested in your perfection. What I'm interested in is that you're making some progress, that you're taking some steps towards me, that you're doing some things that you need to do so that you and I can get a little closer. I know you're not perfect, but I am. So get a little perfect me in your life because I want to do something for you, with you, and in you. And so he's saying, Moses, you've learned some things and I'm glad about it because I'm going to use some of the things you learn to bring about deliverance for the nation of Israel. But then there's some things that you've learned that I need you to unlearn. You see, a lot of what God takes from us is that it's as important as the thing God gives to us. And we just spent several weeks and, and Merle did a phenomenal job in just talking about what it was to be uprooted. And there's some things in our lives, again, God wants to give us something, but he can't give it to us as long as we're holding on to something else. And for every area of Moses' Moses's life where he lacked details, where he lacked the information, is where he experienced the fear and anxiety and made excuses. See, that's the barrier that a lot of us face and why we're not experiencing what God wants us to experience because we're trying to start with knowledge and not trust. God, I gotta know it. You gotta show me the end. You gotta, you gotta let me know how it's all going to work out. You gotta, you gotta let me see it. It's gotta make sense to me. It's gotta be clear. And if it's clear and if it makes sense and if I understand it, then I'll go ahead and I'll step into it. But until it's clear, I need another sign. Makes me think of that old Ace of Base song, I Saw a Sign. <laughs> Dating myself, you know my wife's favorite band, uh, but we want another sign. We wanna see something else. God, you gotta, you gotta do something else. When the first step of our spiritual growth is trust, not knowledge. And it's saying, God, I trust you. I trust the fact that when I give this, I don't know what it's gonna look like. I don't know how it's going to impact this relationship. I don't know how it's gonna impact my career. I don't know how it's going to impact my schedule, my time, my finances. I don't know any of that, but I trust you. I trust you, here you go, you want it, it's yours. I, I, I trust you. All those things that I've been carrying, it's, it's yours. And we release it and we give it to God and we essentially, we throw it down to see the miraculous power of God working in our willingness and our obedience to just simply release it. You know what we do? We chase the wrong things and we're holding on to the wrong things and our society and our culture has told us that we have to have uh, X amount of money in the account, that, that our image is important. We better drive this, our kids better go to this school, we better live in this neighborhood, we, our relationship better look like this or at least on Instagram, you know? And, and we, we do all of this stuff to just create this facade of who we think everybody else is going to accept, embrace, and love. And we rack our brains and just stress ourselves out and destroy our physical temples with anxiety, stress, depression, and all kinds of other things because we're just trying to keep up and meet their expectations. And we're holding on to all of this stuff and we're so afraid to let it go. So afraid to release it because this is my identity. This is who I am. This is how they view me. This is how they see me. And they think I'm a success. They think my marriage is great. Even though I haven't talked to her in like three weeks, it's like they think we're good. And we build all of our everything on what they think. And we allow what they think to become the anchor of who we are. And God's like, really? Are you gonna be that shallow? 
Are you going to hold on to those temporal things that are all going to be ash to ash, dust to dust? Are you going to allow those to be the things you're going to fight for? That's the hill you're going to die on? And we begin to follow our dreams instead of following God. But here's the thing. When we follow God, our dreams follow us. It's like, I'm just following God, and wouldn't you know it, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm just following God, and wouldn't you know it, my marriage actually feels like it's, it's working. You know, wouldn't you know it, I'm, I'm following God, and now this internship intern is up for me. I'm, I'm following God, and now my business starts to expand. I'm following God, and I get three calls, and I get to choose on the job that I want to step into. I'm following God, and I get this random phone call from a past friend that I've been wanting that relationship to be restored so that I could have some healing. My kid reaches out, and I have this conversation all because I'm following God and not my dream. It's all about alignment, and God's saying, if you'll just align yourself with me, I see things different than you see things, and I'm wanting to do something extraordinary and remarkable in your life, but do you trust me enough to let it go? What are you holding on to? What are you holding on to? Now, when I say let it go, I'm not saying like let go of responsibility. And some of you are like, oh man, I was gonna, like man, I was in this service today and, and I heard this word and I just got to my car and I'm like, I'm letting it go. When I get home, everything's gonna be great. It's like all gonna, like, I let it go. It's like, hey, you know, give me my sticker, my badge, whatever. It's like, I let it go. No, I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is releasing control. control. Say, God, I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to do my part. God, you've given me these giftings, these talents, these abilities, and I'm going to step into that. I'm going to do what I know to do. All I can control is what I can control, and I'm going to take extreme ownership of it. But then I'm going to release control, and I'm going to trust you with the process. I'm going to trust you with the rest. I'm going to trust you to fill in the gaps. I'm going to trust you with everything I don't know. Because in chapter 3, God had already told Moses that they're all going to listen to him. He already told him that the end is a win. But Moses still doubts. And God's telling each of us today, he's like, hey, you've already won. Your marriage is a win. Your relationship with me is a win. Your, your community is a win. Where you're at right now, it's a win. And everything that I'm going to do for you, everything that I'm going to do through you, it's going to come from who you are and what you have right now. You're winning. But will you let it go? So this past year, my, you know, we were all racking our brains to keep our kids entertained during quarantine, right? Maybe not you, but I was. And so we were buying all these dumb things like Instagram ads and Facebook ads, buying all this stuff like shirts that came and they were like nine sizes too small. I try to wear it anyway. And <laughs> but I didn't buy this, but I had a friend who bought it, seriously. Like, my friend bought this, and he says, hey, I gotta tell you about this, this thing that I bought because it nearly cost me my relationship. And I'm like, all right, tell me. And he said, so I got this toy for my son, and he said, I, being the dad that I am, I thought, well, I better, I better figure it out because I know he's going to ask me, dad, how does this thing work? And I'm his hero, so I better have an answer, and I better be able to show him how this thing works. He said, so I, I got it on. He said, that was relatively easy. He said, but then I couldn't figure it out. And if you've ever, if you are in a relationship or have ever been in a relationship, you're going to be able to attest to what I'm about to say. So he spent an hour and a half trying to figure it out. Looked at it, and he had convinced himself that the toy that he bought had a defect, that it was broken. 
So he had boxed it back up. He told it to his fiance. She came over and she said, hey, did you figure it out? And he said, no, I didn't figure it out. It's broken. I'm sending it back. And so then she asked this question, and this is the question that's probably caused a lot of fights for a lot of couples right here. She asked him, did you read the instructions? <laughs> a lot of women looking at their husbands right now. It's like, did you hear that? God's speaking to you right now. You need to, you need to let it go and so you can grab hold of those instructions. Let the toy grow, grab a hold of those instructions. So she said, did you read the instructions? And he's like, what instructions? <laughs> no, I didn't read the instructions. This isn't Ikea furniture. I don't need, I don't need instructions for this. So they just didn't send the, the remote. They didn't send the control that, that comes with this, that kind of gets this, this device to work. And she says, read the instructions. So he read the instructions. And I'm gonna read them to you verbatim, all right? This is what the instructions say. Turn on device. Check, you see the light. Hold device in hand and extend it forward. Check. Now check this. The third, the third step in the process, it says, then release your hand and the aircraft will take off automatically. See, some of you know where I'm going already. Hey, it's, when things work out like that, it's always a success, you know? Because you never know. These things get a mind of their own. It takes off. I was in the room for hours just trying, okay, how's, how's this going to, I'm just playing. But did you catch it? The way to unlock what it was created for was to let it go. The way to unlock its potential, the way for it to soar, to reach the highest, which it didn't go too high, but to, to maximize what it was designed to do was to let it go. Now, I've got good news today because for anyone who's wanting to experience more of God, for anyone who's wanting to experience more of your purpose, for anyone who's wanting to experience that happily ever after, for anyone who's wanting to experience more peace, more love, more joy, more rest in your life, all you have to do is exactly what three, step number three said is you just have to let it go. Let it go. See, some of us are holding on to bitterness. We're holding on to anger. We're holding on to this addiction. We're holding on to unforgiveness. We're holding on to some things because of some past hurt. And God's saying, if you'll just let that go, we're holding on to some things from past relationships, and now it's starting to impact our present relationship. And God's saying, you gotta let it go because the moment you trust me enough to let it go, you're going to experience something you haven't experienced. And so many of us are asking God, God, I want you to do something new in my life, but I want you to do it in an old way. God, I want you to stretch me, I want you to grow me, but God, don't hurt me. <laughs> God, I want to just, I wanna, I wanna kind of have that spotlight and I want this and I want that but God like don't disrupt what I have going because I kind of have a good thing going God can you give me the biceps and I don't have to curl or give me the quads which I've been praying for my whole life and not make me squat God can you just give me the money where I can just stay in bed God, I want you to do something new but can you do it in a familiar way God can you do it in a way that doesn't cost me anything and we're like, God, I trust you. I trust you. God, I know you're up to something and you're going to use me and you've given me this dream and you're doing all this. God, I trust you. Maybe it's like this, we look like a prize fighter. I trust you. 
He's like, well, why are your hands closed? I trust you, then why aren't you turning it over? I trust you, well, why haven't you even spent any time on your knees or in prayer praying over the situation? But God, I trust you, but why haven't you even read a promise that I've contained several of in my word? Like, but I trust you. He's like, if you trust me, then let it go. If you really trust me, trust me enough to let it go. Because here's the thing, you don't get in the box score by holding on to the ball. You don't throw, it doesn't count as a throw. It doesn't, it's not defined as a throw unless you let it go. I have it, I pass it. You get it, you score, assist. Why? Because I let it go. You pass it to me, I hold on to it. I shoot, it goes in. I score, box score. Why? Because I let it go. This or this. That's not letting it go. And God's saying, if you'll trust me, you'll release it. Because when you release it, I'm actually going to replace it with something so much better. I'm going to replace it with the very thing you've been praying for. But I need you to release it. I need you to let it go. He says, I've already given you the power over everything that you're going to face, over everything you need. I've done it. And he says it in this passage, kind of confirmation in 2 Peter. He says, because by his power, whose power? Oh, so it's not yours? It's not your ability? It's not mine or my ability? It's not Pastor Donnie, Pastor Sonia, or anyone else? It's like, by whose? He says, it's by my power. Not mine, but you know what I'm saying. It's, it's his power. For he has given us a few things. Okay, what? So there's nothing that you're lacking because you have what? We could go ahead and close right there. Amen. Bam. Done. <laughs> he said, I've given you everything. Everything for what? Everything necessary for life. This isn't in the hereafter. This isn't when you get your glorified body and we're walking on streets of gold and there's gates of pearl and all that. He's like, no, for where you are right now, while you're walking through the field and you just think that you're going about an ordinary day, it's like, no, what you see and what I see are two totally different things. I've given you everything necessary for life and for righteousness, but I don't deserve it. Doesn't matter. I've taken care of it. My righteousness, you've got it. So I've given you everything. And this is where God is trying to position us. This is where God is trying to position Moses. Why? Because then when we get like that song we sang, you can move mountains. Because those barriers and those obstacles that are standing in the way of what God is wanting to do in our lives, because when we get this, that he's given us all power, that he's given us authority, that we can go boldly into this future and, and we can get our hopes up because God's going to do something incredible because not only does he promise us this, but he gives us another promise that we read. And it's in Mark eleven twenty three, and it says, I, who do you think speaking here? That's right, good job, you guys are on it today. He says, I assure you, meaning go ahead and take it to the bank. Put it in ink. Have it notarized. This is a promise that I'm going to do for you. I assure you that if anyone says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but he believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. Maybe done? No, it will be done for him. 
You see, when we're, when we're aligned with God and when we allow ourselves to trust him enough to let things go, there's so many things that God is wanting to do for us, through us, with us, in us, but the key to experiencing all right here in the here and now in this life is simply in letting it go. So I want you to stand with me. You're like, okay, hey, we've heard this, had a few laughs, but what do I do? How do I go about this thing that you have shared? This, this, how, do I, how do I let it go because I've been holding on to it for so long? The first thing that you have to do is you have to take inventory of what you're holding on to and why. Because if you don't know what you're holding on to, you can't address it. If you don't know what's keeping you back, then you can't do anything with it. If you haven't named your finances, if you haven't named your time right, then it just goes. You don't even know where it's going because it's, you have no idea because you haven't done the legwork of actually uh, kind of making yourself aware. It's like, no, you gotta take inventory. And you know, you don't have to think very hard or very long, like you know. You hear those voices that are telling you who you are and who you're not. You experience, even when I say it, it triggered something in you and you already went back to a particular moment where something happened or a decision was made, you know what's holding you back. And this isn't a like, just pray about it, give it to God and get over it, no, because when we really trust God to let go of it, then we can embrace the people that God's put in our lives to help us heal from it. And that's why our prayer partners who are gonna be coming here in just a moment, it's why they're so important because we have people that are strategically placed that, that want to partner and connect with you to, to help you as you take inventory to be able to experience the freedom that God is wanting you to experience. And then the second thing we have to do is we have to just let go. Again, not of responsibility, but of control, of anything that's keeping us from experiencing the power of God. And then that third thing, this is where trust comes in. It's we have to trust God in uncertainty. God, I don't have to have all of it. It's not all going to make sense. God, I don't have to have every piece, but I'm standing on your word. I'm standing on your promise. And if you've put this in my heart, I'm gonna put my faith, my hope, my trust in you. I have no idea how it's going to play out but I trust you and I'm letting go. I want everyone just across the building, if you feel comfortable, just to raise your hand. I want you just with a tight clenched fist, maybe two. God, this clenched fist represents everything that I've been holding on to that's been holding me back. And God, I desire to experience more of you. God, I desire to, to invite you in, not only to my life, but into my house, to my marriage, to these other relationships, to my career, to my future, to my finances, everything, God, I desire to have you at the center. God, no longer do I want to be defined by these things of my past, these things that I've been holding on to. But God, I want to believe you. I want to believe what I've heard. And, and Father, I want to trust you enough to let go. So Father, as I, as, I, as I hear this prayer, God, and my hand is raised, God, right now I'm just opening it. And God, this is a symbol and a sign that I'm putting my faith in you today. 
and I'm letting it go so that I can experience more of you. Here's my pain. Here's my baggage. Here's my shame. Here's my brokenness. Father, it's all yours. Heal me and make me whole. What you're feeling right now is just the Holy Spirit just moving across this auditorium, silencing those voices that have told you those lies. And what you're feeling is just his loving arms embracing you right now because you're his. You are his son, you are his daughter, and your heavenly father is looking down on you right now and he's saying this, I am proud of you. I love you, you are exactly where I want you to be. Now let's tackle this mountain together because you're about to step into the best season of your life. It's done, it's over, it's past. Now step in to your present and look forward to your future. We thank you, we love you, in your name, Jesus, amen.